year, guys. Happy New Year, one and all. I have you returned don't again. Don't say Happy New Year after January. As long as I'm here, here, <laughs> Man, my voice have, for the first after time. January. Yeah, after it's here, Happy, Happy New, New Year's. Year. We have not been on since um, before yeah. December. November. November. Yep. Uh, so basically, essentially, this is the start of a new season. So episode one of season two of the Beachside Nerds podcast, and you're here listening alongside Evo, Evo, <laughs> Aberrant, and Headcase. Headcase. Yeah. Well, we have a jam-packed um, episode for you guys today. And uh, like a good host, I've actually got show notes. Uh-huh. So we're professional with this thing today. Uh-huh. But before we get deep into anything, I'd like to put forth to you guys, what have you been watching? I have been watching Mr. and Mrs. Smith. You're kidding. Oh, it's really good, actually. The, oh, the movie? No, no, no. The news. Yeah, the series, series with Donald Glover. The yeah, new um, series. Yeah, yeah, there's a series. It's on um, Amazon Prime. Hmm. Interesting. It's it's really good actually. It's like except it, it's fun. It's fun. I like it. Interesting. It's fun. Okay. It's fun. What about you, Cal? What you been watching? What have I been watching? Anime. More anime. And guess what again? Anime. Yeah. Like what? Um. Okay. Let me see. The one I, I Macy. Um. I'm watching quite a few right now. Which one stands out the most is. Ishura, I think is the name of it. Um, oh my gosh, sometimes these names, you, you can't remember them at times. Ish- Knowing you, you probably watch them with their Japanese names. I always watch them. With Which is Japanese a whole names. sentence. Um, <laughs> hey, that one with this level 99, uh, 11, uh, this guy with a level, something with his defense is 9,999 <laughs> in a dungeon. I'm watching that. That's a very long name itself. Um, yeah, I'm a re- watching a lot of things with some very long names. Solar Leveling, of course, being an anime now. Mm-hmm. Checking that out. Yeah, yeah. Going good, going good. The big the big one out there, Solar Leveling. Um, but there are quite a few. Uh, oh, ah, uh, yes. <laughs> the biggest anime of <laughs> homoerotic <laughs> manliness ever. Um, <laughs> Bang Brave <laughs> Braven. Oh my gosh, it's a mecha anime. It's like taking any of the Brave series, which like Go Geiger or, or, or um, any of the Braves, and put them into our world. They just randomly just pop into our world when we are under alien attack. And then with all their antics, how the robots behave with all their antics, trying to mingle with us. So, you know, like poses and, hey, my super move and background music and you the regular guy like where the hell is this music why, coming from <laughs> why is he acting like this why are you so strange Kyle I, I don't with, with the exception of solo leveling I don't know any of these animes oh trust yeah. me no, they are the fun not one of them I, I love I'm sorry I love mecha so whenever I can get a good mecha I will watch it um, there are others carry on the names off the head right now but yeah, there are quite a business, few others I, I'm not bad for business. You're bad for business. No, you're no. supposed to know what you're watching. For example, I can tell you straight off my head, without any hesitation, the three animes that I'm watching. I'm watching Jujutsu Kaisen, catching up on that. I know I'm behind. I'm watching Free Ren, can't wait. Episodes come out every week. And I'm watching Solo Leveling, of course, because we have to watch Solo Leveling. Okay, let me now go without going off of my head. Mr. Villain's Day Off, I'm watching. Uh, that's like you have uh, they're in a Power Rangers world 
as well Super Sentai World. And the villain says, hey, what? like he has his days off. He's just going to do regular mundane things, mm. some nice whimsical things. And like if uh, one of the Sentai see him and say, hey, hey, you're a villain or whatever. Wait, 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 wait. Today's my day off. I'm not dealing with this. We fight on another day. <laughs> and he goes around. He just thinks of world domination and killing all humanity. But the one thing that stops him from going against all humanity is that his loves are pandas. You'll see him raging out, roids and out and everything, ready to just go manic on the whole world. And then a panda just comes across like, panda. You're not selling me, Kyle. <laughs> it's not, it's not yeah, for you, not sir. Happening. <laughs> <laughs> Another one that has been going good for so far, which I am now up to date with the manga, but I'm loving anime at the same time, is Shangri-La Frontier. That's, mm. That is a fun one. High Card Season 2. High Card Season 2. That has been on my list to watch. And I remember watching the first episode and thinking, okay, it's okay. But I saw a lot of talk online mm-hmm. concerning it, so I figured, okay, it must be one of those things that's kind of hype. It's... <sighs> It's a mixture of those kind of jazzy kind of animes, but action and a lot of loaded. It's a nice anime, and it's beautiful setting and such. The animation is perfect. Uh, for, for Well, I will say, the anime style is great. Like, if you have watched um, Bungyo Stray Dogs, mm. almost similar to that anime style. And um, the settings and music is straight. And finding out more about the world and the people that you have to deal with is fun. I get the, I get the sense that it's, it's an interesting concept. And in pa- on paper, it's supposed to do well, but in execution, it's going to fail me. That's the kind of vibe that I'm getting from watching the first episode. You know what it reminded me of a bit? It reminded me a bit of, um, out, not Outlaw Star, um, Cowboy Bebop. Yes, it has that kind of vibe. It, it has that, said, kind, that kind of, of energy about yes, it. Yes, that kind of energy. But the animation style of five scenes are great. Um, Sukimichi Moonlight Fantasy Season 2. Loving that. Is a, a, a isekai is a how should I say again? Um, he, I can't say it's an isekai, but he was born on earth. Okay, his parents made a deal with one of the gods to escape their world. They come to earth, he's born, but they made a deal that anytime they have a child, by the time you reach a certain age, he has to come back. Hmm. So he reached that certain age and he get pulled over to their uh, his original world. And in their world, everybody sees him as ugly. In his world, everybody just saw him like, he, he, does, he has a more average face, but everybody just sees his face as horribly ugly. As, as you're saying that, I'm reminded of an anime that you recommended to me recently called Plunder. Plunder. Now, I did watch the first episode for that, mm-hmm. and I must say that I'm intrigued by it. It's the anime where people have numbers based on, based on activities that are prescribed to them by some random way or whatever so you're you're given a task in life that brings up the number that you have tattooed on your body if it reaches to zero then you're pulled into like some kind of hell world well not hell world you're exit you the uh, abyss they call it they call it abyss I'm, I'm, i will not i will not spoil what the abyss is but please the, don't abyss. so um, if your if your um number count is affected by cooking you cook every day and your number count goes up you, and you know, get stronger. If, you get stronger according to your number account. Right, but yes, not to get too bogged down into that, Cal. Mm. There's been a topic that I've been itching to discuss with you for a while now, mm-hmm. and it's within the realm of video games. So 
before we jump into it, I'm going to ask you guys, right? What are your three favorite starter Pokemon of all time? Your three favorite starter Pokemon of all time. For the first one, I would say Bulbasaur was my favorite for first. Um, the second one, second generation was what again? No, um, second generation. Okay, so for now, your first, you have Bulbasaur. Mm-hmm. For my first, I have Fennekin. Huh? I have Fennekin. From generation one? No. It does any generation oh, okay, of all right. time. Oh, all time. Um, I bet you, I don't even know half the <laughs> I don't even know half the starter Pokemon to be honest. My, you my can fav- describe it if you don't know that. My favorite Pokemon. my favorite starter Pokemon would be um Charmander, uh-huh. um Bulbasaur, and what was the other one? Squirtle. Squirtle. <laughs> Gen- the Gen One trio. <laughs> um I see. I'm I like to- Fennekin, Torchic, and Torchic is my sec- my other one. No, Torchic, Torchic, Bulbasaur, and the the new one, the newest one. Well, not the newest one. It's the previous generation one. Um, Sword and Shield? Yeah. Um, what was Grass, it fire, or water type? The fire one. The fire one. Score Bunny? Score Bunny, yes. <clears throat> yeah. I find that fire... Firefighting is a, a very strong combination for a starter Pokemon. Now, the reason why I brought this up is because of, you know, Pal World <laughs> and how it's been shaking up the Pokemon landscape and getting some Poke fans, and I have to say some because it's not the whole community, uh, getting them twisted up in a knot. Now hold on. Over let's, what's been let's, going. Let's, on, let's go back. Let's, a, let's go back a little bit and, and say what power just say, is. There's, there's one of the starter Pokemon. I drop. I drop Squirtle for Chikorita. Chikorita. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah, the cool. grass type. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. Chikorita. So <laughs> hold on. Before we do this, people, this is 2024. Pal World is a thing. What's Pal World? Take Breath of the Wild. Genshin Impact. Oh my God. Fuse them together. Put in Pokemon, and oh then put in a god. lot of the antics of Fortnite in there. So your Pokemon has guns. Oh my god! You have guns. <laughs> you have guns. Okay. So and also steal steal from um, MMOs in general, where you have like huge bosses that have are basically bullet sponges. Yeah. <laughs> so. Bullet sponges. So it's, I like it's that. essentially an RPG, an open world. R- well, MMO. A survival RPG. Right with open world elements, mm. with Pokemon type creatures Esk. in there. Just that they don't evolve, right? Yet, okay. And that game, within its first two weeks, since since it was launched for the for the first two weeks, it made it sold over twenty million copies. Cal. Yes, and Do it's you know the biggest. Mean? And it's the biggest sold game on steam ever with the highest um the fastest the highest count of players currently yes yes i think that over two million players or something yes at like one that. point yes okay so it's gotten a lot of people stressed out particularly my daughter she is she's very anti um anti palwell and the reason why it's gotten a lot of people you know stressed out is because of 
by and large, they say there's a plagiarism issue where Palworld is stealing actual Pokemon design and not even trying to hide the fact that they're stealing Pokemon design but to do their stuff. But wait. You see, the thing about it, people that just reach into the world of gaming and now trying to say, oh, they're stealing these things. Listen to me, right? Long before Pokemon was a thing, there was a way older game called Dragon Quest. If you see the designs of some of the Dragon Quest monsters, Pokemon, you would say, would have stolen from them. But is it is it really plagiarism? No. If you take something and change up the Let design me look up the and so forth. the definition of plagiarism for me while while we're on this. Is this really plagiarism? I wouldn't say it's plagiarism, but people want to just be on that gravy train of people like because Nintendo and, and Game Freaks have not made actually any yes legal yes they have. moves yes they have actually. they have yes yes legal moves yes or they are statement the statement they have made a legal statement a, a, they haven't made any legal moves directly as yet but plagiarism is the act of using someone else's work ideas or words without giving credit without giving credit so yes without giving credit but so it's, it's, it's so presenting work or ideas from another source as your own with or without consent of the original author by incorporating it into your work without full acknowledgement because the pals do look similar designs again to the Pokemon but again Pokemon have similar designs to the Dragon Quest monsters that's and debatable you Hmm? That's debatable. You sure I'm about that? I'm looking up the Dragon Quest. Go look up the Dragon Quest right monsters to the Pokemon. So and you'll understand. Thing, right? Here's my You'll thing. have ones that look like Cloyster and some other stuff. I used to play Dragon uh, Even bat ones that look like similar to Zubat and them kind of things. I used to play Dragon Quest a lot when, uh, many years ago. Here's my thing, right? When you're designing monsters, right, for these types of games, I think that it's kind of unavoidable that some of the creatures are going to resemble that from other games. So there'll be some crossover. Yes, there'll be some. You, you will find stuff okay, like Okay, no, no. Again, some of the pals definitely took creative, <laughs> creative <laughs> liberties from Pokemon, without a doubt. You have this one that looks something like Electrobuzz. Um, nothing from any other games or world look like that, uh, per se. So you can see that, the, but the designs and look is just slightly off. You could and call them a variant the, version. The one that looked like the the sheep. And yes, so the like sheep. There's one that looked like that psychic Pokemon from um from Smash Brothers, uh-huh. the blue one. Um, yeah. the psychic um, one. Hypno? No, the psychic one. Kazam. You can I'll, play with it. You can use them in the game in Smash. I, I don't. Um, what's his name? Um, Lucario. 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 Yeah. yeah. He's not. He's psychic. No, he's, no. Um, he's Lucario is not psychic. No, no, he's not. no, he fires like he shadow ball thingies. No, he's a. I think he is something similar um, to like aura. It's aura. That's what it is. I think uh, Lucario is a fighting type. He's a fighting steel type. Yes, yeah, I he's think just so. Weird because there's nothing steel like about him. But anyway, so my question is. All right, let's let's say, they have some designs that look very close to Pokemon designs. Is that enough for people to demand that the game be shut down or removed? I don't think so. What has been your impression of of um, Palworld? Because for me personally, I see Palworld. And you know the, the shorthand description persons give, oh, it's Pokemon with guns. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's a, it's a very shorthanded and I would 
say basically an apt description. But at the same time, though, it's fill it's fulfilling a need. It still has a lot of concurrent players. You see, it's still one of the most played games on Steam. You see, yeah, right now, yeah, yeah. You see, why is that? Because again, for many years, with the evolution of games from eight bit going upwards. We keep on seeing evolution of games like Street Fighter, 2D and everything now is some great 3D animation and such. Pokemon, the latest games <laughs> with the motorbike Pokemon, um, Scarlet and Violet. Scarlet and the motor issues. The, the, you want some? You don't want to be coming into this day and age, 2024, and playing something that looks like it deserves to be on a Nintendo 64. Okay, hold on. With the Unreal Engine and so forth. Let me there. ask you a question. Why do people keep playing Pokemon games? Why are they there every generation? Because they're fun, but as Is time... It, are they? It's fun. It was always a fun thing because... When last you had fun on a Pokemon game? Um, let me what see. What was the last generation Pearl. Pokemon that you enjoyed? Pearl, Pearl right? Mm. That's Gen 4. I agree with you. Platinum, right? And it is basically one of my favorites. Okay? Why is it your favorite why did you enjoy it so much well again it was the whole aspect of going out uh, the world of pokemon capturing them leveling up training and then sometimes so fighting against game. other people that's every game that's every so game. there had to be something about it that hit the nail for you that raised your enjoyment factor. capturing the monsters just going out and trying your best to capture the monsters just trying your best to capture the monsters. just capturing the monsters it was fun okay when i played platinum right what kept me coming back towards Platinum? One, the creature designs in general. I liked the Pokemon that they had. I liked how I liked their type combinations. I liked their designs. That's one. Okay. The second thing is I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the interaction with the world. How big it was, right? How many hidden things there were the amount of content that was in there and the type of content and how it was presented to me. I was having fun every time I played. I would read off the game and start over and it never felt stale to me. As a matter of fact, the more I played it, the more I developed you know, a bond for that world. The, la the other times that I felt this way was when I played Gen 3 with, um, that was Emerald. I played the third game. And, well, of course, the Pokemon game that got me started, which was Silver. But as much as I love Silver and I love, um, I love Emerald, I always find that my preferred choice of Pokemon game to be Platinum. Now, I've played the others. I've played um, the Alolan one. Was that Sun and Moon? Mm -hmm. I played that. It was cool. I played X and Y to some degree. I played Black and White to some degree. I keep falling off of these games because for some reason they're not hooking me as much. Why do I keep coming back to a Pokemon game? I want to see the creature designs. I want to see the creature designs. I want to see how they evolve. Because we all know the Pokemon games are the same. Right? Yeah, but you see, the creature designs have gotten a little lazy over the years. They're not as fun and extravagant as they used to be. 
for instance, the ice cream Pokemon, the chandelier, the chandelier, the, the chandelier Pokemon. That's a cheap shot too. We yeah. call that we call that time and time again. <laughs> we call that time and time again. Try a different Pokemon. Um, let me see. Oh, let's just keep on. When you have like things like um, Chansey that evolved to Blissey, you you're like it's cute and everything, but you could have done something. It's not a drastic change. Something it just add a little frills or something uh, to the Pokemon. But Chansey and Blissey are old Pokemon. I'm talking about the new Pokemon. And the new Pokemon, like that motorbike Pokemon, that, that's just boring. Here's what I would say, right? I like a lot of the Pokemon designs that I'm seeing in um, Scarlet and Violet. But I just think that they, they skipped out on the world and the stories. I didn't find the battles in them to be challenging whatsoever, right? The bosses in them were easy walkovers. The gyms in them felt half-hearted. They felt lazy, right? It, it, there wasn't a lot of interaction for me. It felt like they introduced open world and we lost like that intimacy, that immersion, that thing that, that, that caught us towards the game. So yeah, you can run about and you can climb up the mountains and so on and you can evolve your motorbike Pokemon so you can fly and glide and jump and so on and so on. And it's cool to see Pokemon living, actually living and in an ecosystem. You, you're seeing um, Ralts and so on. You're seeing, what else? What was that Pokemon? Psyduck swimming with Whooper. Mm. It's cool. You'd see the evolved form of Pokemon with their base form around them in little groups and so on. They're dancing and all that kind of stuff. You see Taurus running across the wild. That is cool. But it felt also empty and it, it didn't immerse me as much. It felt like a pale imitation of itself. Hmm. What do you think? <laughs> Boy, I, again, I, I haven't touched Pokemon from Pearl. I've watched other like streamers play these games and again it's not as fun as it used to be they just run around capture the random Pokemon do a few things and then bam um, try and fight other people online and so forth and again the whole immersion of the game is not pulling you in as they were some of the designs are good Mm-hmm. But some of the designs have just gotten, uh, again, excessively lazy compared to what they used to be. Sometimes you look at them and you're just like, mm, you like to see that. You, you love to see that design. It just looks... Is it because of the switch to 3D, like full 3D models? Would you say is that? I don't blame the fact that it's 3D models. Again, it's the engine they used to create the 3D models. Again, if they were using something like Unreal Engine or so forth, maybe it might look a little better. Mm. Again, but... <laughs> With the current 3D models that they have, it just looks lazy. Again, it looks like I'm playing something from N64. Okay, now, Palwell comes into the picture. Out of nowhere, nobody saw Palwell coming. And what we're seeing is a character going out, you know, doing the usual survival thing, breaking rocks, building weapons, building a home and that sort of stuff, building up a camp, catching these creatures, making weapons, and then have them fight alongside with you. You can ride on them, you can catch other pals while you're riding on them, you can fly with them, you know, and you get better and better weapons. The technology increases. And the play cycle is set in such a way where you never get bored. 
and the gameplay loop can be automa automated in a sense where the things that you would normally be caught doing, like as a, in normal survival games, your pal and them at home doing that kind of stuff for you. For example, there was one that looked clearly like a piplup. I am not going to take that away from Pokemon. That was clearly a piplup, <laughs> right? And it's in the camp, in the garden, watering the plants that the turtwig looking Pokemon was planting seeds for. I think that's awesome. The mines call to us. <laughs> <laughs> basically, they're using the Pokemon as like slave labor. Not basically. They yes. are. They <laughs> are. Why is it they will labor cook though? them. If they're trained. They're trained. You mean beat it. Sir, you don't train me with bullets. I'm you. sorry. Friends help you work. Yeah. Call me pals. Yeah, we're pals. <laughs> yeah, it always reminds me of that movie, Mars Attacks. Um, what, what, what do the aliens love to say? Uh, we come in peace. <laughs> yeah, come in peace. Yeah. yeah, but they defend they defend the home, right? Yeah, because and you have to hold admit, on. By the time the hold on, by the time you th catch me in that enslavement ball, I am now your obedient slave, sir. I can't do nothing against you. Oh, and you have raids. You can be raided. You can raid somebody place. Yes, and burn down their house and kill their friends. <laughs> Isn't That's that why I said why I add the Fortnite element to this kind of game because sadly I'm like, this is life, Kyle. Oh, okay. Sadly, this is life. What and this to me is one of the greatest selling points for Palwell, in my opinion, in that it brings a more mature flair to a genre that has just been dedicated towards children. Even though we know the average player for Pokemon game is over thirty-five. The thing about it, you do, did, uh, listen to me, right? When you read through the Pokedex, everything to create the perfect Pokemon world is already there. Because the horror stories of some of these things that you catch up and say, hey, they're Pokemon and your friends. In a real world situation, this nightmare fuel, these po especially the ghost type Pokemon, all those are horror stories. Those are people that have been killed by other Pokemon creatures or things and their souls have been trapped and turned into new pokemon you know how messed up that is quick question when you play a pokemon game that you love do you feel any bond towards your pokemon actually yes i do have you my favoritism feel, do you feel love and affection yes towards i have my tiny mon yes i have my favoritism yeah yes okay all right. For instance, some people might not find this Pokemon for no anything. Me too. I only I used have to love like, for Mewtwo and, and Lugia. Here, here, you know. My and, and Alakazam. One Pokemon I always <laughs> had a fondness to and I always have it in my party is a Corusola. A Corusola? Yes. Can you weird no? I liked it. It's cute and I liked it. It, it might you know, not you know, make sense, you know, but I love it. The first and last time I saw anybody use a Corusola was during Pokemon Go to put in a gym. <laughs> <laughs> It's cute and I like it. I always like to have it in my partner. You see, this is where favoritism. Some people say, Corusola, what are you going to do with that? That, that but Pokemon is garbage. Well, it's a okay. rock water type, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You catch them birds slipping. <laughs> well, it was a, it was All a right. fun it was a it was a fun thing. All I, right. So, um, are you looking forward to playing? Oh no 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 no! Before we we get off this, some people, myself included, have been asking. Where is the Pokemon MMO? Do you think that Pokemon is ripe for an MMO? And do you think an MMO can actually work for Pokemon? Because we know that Pokemon is, now, is not going to follow Palworld and do a survival Pokemon game. But 
You, you already... It is open for an MMO. Do you think it can do that? Hold on. First of all, let's not say they didn't have a kind of survival world in it because Arceus existed. And Arceus was similar to Pal World except uh, all the antics that... Um, you could attack your, the Pokemon physically? You could attack it the physically, yes. And, and they would the knock home. you out and then you would have to respawn you had, back. You had to build a home. You had to chop lumber and get wood and... and you would have to collect there. stuff to make your Pokeballs and so forth, yeah. Oh, okay. So Arceus was there first. Again, they, they, so we can't exclude it, but Arceus, Arceus was good. As one of the Pokemon games, it was very good. It, it, it was different from the rest. You see the Pokemon running around in the wild, and you're going and... There's a lot of people who would disague with you, but continue. No, Arceus did well in the Pokemon genre. But um, in terms of, again, you watch, you watch a nice Pokemon movie, and you see the beauty of the world and how these creatures interact and so forth. Why you can't see that in a game? Why can't you have that beautiful graphics? Again, this modern day and age, where you're using the Unreal Engine to do a lot of things, you use that to the fullest. You make the game look beautiful. You have people, you make the world immersive. Look at Breath of the Wild, Breath of Fresh Air. Beautiful game. But you still haven't answered my question. Is an MMO something that is viable for Pokemon? In this toxic world, no. I'm going to say straight up. Come on, what toxicity has to do with it? Yeah. To, listen to me. Pokemon has been pushed for children and kids very hard by Nintendo and Game Freak. When you put it in an MMO so, uh, um, situation, you're going to have all the kind of people interacting but and talking and that kind of thing. People do that now blocks. with Pokemon. Which Pokemon they do? Uh, well, no, the way they can chat with in Pokemon. So, yeah, kids so in we them. have to go by people's house. Or well, <laughs> that's a different kids story. In them, kids in them do play Fortnite. Yes. A bunch of 11-year-olds play yes, Fortnite. Yes, and Fortnite is a very toxic world, sir. Yeah, but does that stop the product from being made, though? Yes, but and some people... I hear what you're good. saying, but hear what I'm saying is what the people want to push for themselves. You never see your Nintendo move. Kyle, we had Wizard 101, Kyle, and that's an MMO that was hold marketed on. towards children. Yes, but hold on. Again, Nintendo. Nintendo, when they're marketing in a certain way, they're, right, they're not coming off of their course. All right, Kyle. All I'm saying is I feel that the market is ripe for a Pokemon MMO. I strongly feel this way. I feel like the very idea of being able to travel across all the, all the different lands within Pokemon. You can go to Kanto, you can go to Johto, you can have a full experience there um, doing the, the run for the gyms, building up towards Victory Road, you can do that. Um, you can meet other players. You can do raids. Everybody pick one Pokemon, pick different roles for those Pokemon, and fight a Mewtwo. I, w I can see us battling going up Mount Brass, you know? Uh, I'm not Mount Brass, the Brass Tower, to do a raid on Ho-Oh with somebody having a Blissey that is the, the healer for the, um, the group. Somebody have a Snorlax that's the tank for the group. You know, somebody that has a, a Alakazam, that's the, the, the damage dealer, the non-physical damage dealer. You know, somebody have a Typhlosion, that's the physical damage dealer or, or something like that. Th I can see that. Hold on, the, the thing about it, to create the MMO, first of all, mm -hmm. what, how much Pokemon do they have right now? A thousand plus? They have over a thousand, yeah. Okay, yeah. first they're going to have to have, yes, they have the money and resources to do it. But to maintain it and continue keeping it going to make it fun for everybody and not just become some giant paywall to be as a certain standing with other players. Kyle, not you talking about monetization. But they, are going to but they are going to monetize. I can tell, you, I can tell, it as I can tell you're not a Pokemon Go player. 
I haven't <laughs> played that in years. I Pokemon Go years. make money like yeah, but don't forget it wasn't. But hold on, don't forget it's Nint- it wasn't Nintendo that did that. Cal, there's different. Look, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's various monetization models that you can use for an MMO. But hold on, you Pokemon... can do a paid subscription. Mm. You can do a buy once, play forever, sub um thing with um a shop for customizations and stuff like that, cosmetic stuff. You can do that. Like League of Legends, basically. Why yeah. League of Legends is still going? Yeah. It's just cosmetics. You're just you buying had... new skins every season. Yeah, but um, I don't think that's the case with Pokemon. And every, they, every they can day. do it like well. they, they can do it like they did with Pokemon Go. You drop the MMO with maybe two um two maps, right? You can have Johto and you can have Kanto, right? So the first two gens. And then each progressive generation and map is going to be a, but you a see, DLC and expansion. No, but hold on, you see, now this is where the problem comes into that. You drop those two in the age of YouTubers and streamers and Twitch and so forth. People are going to now rush to try and get everything. And then by the time everything gets rushed to, everybody's like, where's the rest when you're not uh, letting no more content? Kyle, you're, describing, <laughs> you're describing the MMO community, period. But yes, and exactly, but Nintendo doesn't want to have that kind of backlash at times. With, again, they release this. Okay. Now everybody's going to what want... What do you mean? Nintendo only cares about money. Exactly. So your, your, argument exactly. Is, your argument is... Pokemon is not a good fit for an MMO because it's not something that you envision Nintendo is going to want to do. No, I don't believe Nintendo would want to do it, no. But Nintendo wanting to do it has nothing to do with whether or not a Pokemon MMO would work. That's a completely different argument, Cal. Well, again, in my opinion, I, I, I MMO for Pokemon, in my opinion, I don't see it working. Something, again, like Pal World's kind of style. Although works. insane, fam. No, I don't see MMO for Pokemon working. <laughs> You're not working. seeing it happening? No. No. I can see it. Man, that's no. easy peasy. Easy bro. work. That's easy, easy peasy. No. Have Pokemon races and so on. You see, you see, y'all kind of give me. Ride your Blastoise down a waterfall. Who can do the furthest hyper beam? <laughs> I don't know. How, how can you be limiting your imagination with Pokemon? So, what, with what Pokemon, I can't limit it. I, I, I can't. I was going to say, they literally already, they already have that. They have in, what? Um, Pokemon Unite? No, no, no. You didn't forget there. The, what's the one that came in Sword and Shield? When uh-huh. you, you, when you, you can do raids on Pokemon. Right. Everybody walk right. with it. Everybody walk with one Pokemon. One Pokemon take the lick. One Pokemon dish out lick. And one Pokemon with the heal to get you the raid. And depending on the, the level of the raid, you need to, to choreograph. They already have it. Right. And we've seen in um, Scarlet and Violet, we have like these random um, raid type things that appears on the map and you can play it solo or you can play it multiplayer yeah. with three other players and you'll fight the terrestrialized boss you and even have instances where you have one one person is an attacker and the other two players are just buffing you yes buffing 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 and yes yeah so it, it's it's possible kyle it's possible I, I, don't limit the imagination I, I, open your heart Cal. feel it <laughs> not all right all right so um yes i to round this up two things that i'm for i would love to see um game freak slash nintendo put out a pokemon mmo it's to me it's a long drawn out thing that should have been done long time and two 
I would love to see Palworld reach its final stage because it's still in it's still in development. Well, not its final stage. It's it's it's, um, it's still in a very 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 release, early it's proper release stage. It's not, it's still in beta. Yes. Still in alpha. <laughs> no, it's beta right now. Wait. Yeah, it's beta. Okay. Yeah, I would like to see how this advances further as they develop new um, pals that look absolutely nothing like um, Pokemon and that the Pokemon fans who are against it would open up their heart, stop being so narrow, tunnel Pikachu vision. doesn't carry guns? What's and, wrong with you? And, you know, let's, let's And again, let's this, this is the big thing with people, with Pal World and so forth. The, the kind of, uh, this is why I was talking about the whole thing of toxicity and violence. Now, that's the big thing. You say, Pokemon with guns and so forth and such, you're taking my beloved character and turning it with this and then mistreating it, beating it with sticks, stones, Guns, bombs, grenades, killing them, cooking them, even having human trafficking in there. <sighs> and that's the, the thing that's, is, that's right? The, argument I've been the thing is, right? The, they can only take this this very, in my in my opinion, ridiculous stance, because for all these years we've been sidestepping reality with semantics. Okay. Oh, your Pokemon has fainted. Really? Will it wake back up? I remember when, my, when I met a Suicune in the wild, you know, in my first playthrough of Silver, and it fainted. And poor Glenn, running up and down, going through day and night cycling, wondering when is this fainted Pokemon going to wake back up? You better reach a Pokemon station. <laughs> Not knowing it dead. Pokemon. The Pokemon dead. <laughs> right? Oh, you mean, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Suicune, oh, yeah, Suicune, when, the legendary. When, when you yeah, release them, when you release them, do you think they're out there in the wild? No. No. Oh, no. They've been back. digitized. They've gone back to the matrix. <laughs> They've been digitized, right? Okay. So let's let's get past all this foolishness, right? So anyway, anyway, moving right along, Cal. Mm-hmm. Right. So we got past what we're watching. We got past Pokemon and Power World, and now let's get into the Oscars for a little bit, right? Now we're now we're not going deep into all the Oscar movies and all that kind of stuff. The reason why I'm bringing up the Oscars is because in the animated segment of the Oscars, we had Hayato Miyazaki's last film, uh, The Boy and the Heron, getting a nomination for Best Animated Film. And it was run in competition with the second Spider-Man, Miles Morales movie, Into the Spider-Verse. And two... Two fully um, Pixar or some sort of Disney animated films or something like that. Wish. Right? Wish and something and else. something else. Now, Wish got the nomination. It's quite bad. <laughs> quite? <laughs> quite? You are generous, sir. I think, right, that it is a gross disrespect to Miyazaki. To even have those things close to his To world. have... His films in competition, in bracket, with these trash movies, with these movies, like they're in the same peer group. Nope. So my question is, right, should animated films be allowed to compete with non-animated films in certain, in, in categories? They should not be blocked off um, or hindered from being nominated in other categories beyond just the animated category. 
for like best film and those kind of things. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This it, disclaimer, I just I don't care about the Oscars. <laughs> and I think all those awards are completely worthless. Lol. None of us care. <laughs> the people, you uh, the, care, Kai? There's people that no. care. No. The actors and so forth, yeah, it shows. I, I never like watched. It never shows recognition in. to the people that have worked hard and so forth. Yeah. But don't, don't mm. go and take Miyazaki's. The whole thing is too corrupted to, to like. To tell um, me that Wish is in the same because it's the that's hundred, the least that's the, the least of my the of my gripes with the Oscars because I'm, I'm looking at the, the two big films for 2023 right we had Oppenheimer and we had Barbie <laughs> Boy and Heron <laughs> or as a matter of fact in my opinion majority of Miyazaki's films are on par with the stuff that tends to generally win Oscars right of course yeah the beauty, the soundtrack, the immersion, the story, everything on par. The voice, the, the, the actor. Well, you see, the thing about it, why they don't categorize these things is animating an actor and having an actor express themselves. You can, you, okay, it's not easy to capture all emotions. But the thing about it, when you have this person that can captivate you in person, a real life person, it is different from when you can draw it and so forth. Yes, you can draw and make that person's expressions even better than that living I don't being. know about that because if you take, for example, Aladdin, mm. like they used, um, what's his name? He's dead now. But Robin Williams. Robin Williams. They used Robin Williams like natural features, his real life features while he's talking to make the genie's features even though they're animated, it's still well. They they exaggerate. They exaggerate. They over exaggerate. But a real life person cannot over exaggerate their facial yeah, features. Yeah, but still, you still get that same, you know, the same gist of what his real life emotions are. Even if there's a little more exaggeration or whatever, Wait, you can you can still accurately say like one person's acting is better than another person's acting animation versus real life very easily because some people. Acting movies, real life, and they're just dead. Yeah, exactly, but the thing about it again, no, you are more in control. You as the artist are more in control of the emotions depicted. All they have. Yeah, but if just, somebody comes on the mic and just is well, talking, that's the whole difference. All now. dead and whatnot, and uh, you have the face, they won't match up. Well, they have to match them. Yes, still. that's the whole well, difference. Well, then I wouldn't expect an animated film to have uh, somebody nominated for best actor. <laughs> Because that's a whole different category. You, know? mm. you have best voice actor in an yeah. animated film. Yes. Right? But in terms of like best film and that, that sort of stuff, I think they should be able to go in there. And the fact that Boy and the Heron was not nominated for best film right alongside Barbie and, and so on, to me is... A, it, to me, it's a, it's a huge disrespect to Miyazaki... And we cannot overstate the influence and the importance of Miyazaki, right? We, we simply cannot do it. There would be no Avatar if it wasn't for him, right? I haven't seen Oppenheimer, by the way. You haven't seen Avatar? I don't. I, oh. Oppenheimer, oh, and Oppenheimer. I don't plan to. Oh. I saw Barbie. And I saw it was, the first five minutes of Barbie. You saw Barbie, but not the whole thing. It was, it was decent. <laughs> uh, not my thing, minutes. but it was decent. I saw what they were... Well, I saw what they were going for. I can't yeah. say I saw what they were going for. <laughs> the opening five minutes 
gave me a bit of insight into what I may expect. I was entertained by it, and I figured I would watch it further, but I just never got around to it. And Oppenheimer received so much hype that I was afraid to watch it. <laughs> I'll just admit that. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, all hail to, to Miyazaki and his, um, his final film. And I think that he deserved a bit more, but I don't think Miyazaki actually care about the Oscars either. <laughs> Oscars Tuck. is a Western thing. Tuck. All right. Uh, now, we're kind of reaching the end of our list here. And this is the segment where we're more or less getting into like comic books and stuff like that. Now, there's been two... I know I gave you guys two stuff to read for homework. <laughs> <laughs> there were the books in the Energon universe, and then there was The Madness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Madness, you say you read it, right, Kel? Yes, the whole You got yeah. to read it, Remy? I read the first two chapters of it. Yeah, the first two chapters. Okay. Well, two issues. All right, so I, I wouldn't mind getting doing a quick dive into both of them. We don't have to get like really, really deep, mm. right? Uh, let's start off with the Energon universe, okay? So for those of you listening, the Energon universe is a new project that has been launched between, what's the name of the company? Is it Hasbro or Mattel? Hasbro, I think. It's Hasbro? Hasbro. Hasbro that owns Transformers and He-Man, right? Yeah. Well, one of them. Is it a Hasbro or Mattel, whoever owned He-Man, and, sorry, um, who owned Transformers and, what's the name again? The G.I. Joes? Mm. Right. So you saw in the last movies that they put out that they're looking to do a sort of um, universe thing, cinematic universe, with G.I. Joe and Transformers having some sort of links. If you watch the last Transformers movie, spoilers, for the very end, we have a sort of Nick Fury kind of moment happening where one of the characters that played a prominent role in the movie, a human, was introduced to the G.I. Joes. He was being recruited, so you could see that. They're doing a very good move, as far as I'm concerned, where they are trying to streamline the universe, that the cinematic universe that they're building with a comic book universe. Now, Transformers and G.I. Joe has been there for a very long time. That's like over what, over 30 years? 40. 40 years they've been in existence. And that's a huge undertaking if it is that you want to get into the comics and you want to start from ground zero. It's, it's a task. Normally they would give you jumping on points, right? Where there's an issue one, the, the series has been rebooted and whatnot and whatnot, but it's still a lot to go on. And they also had the issue where, where Transformers were concerned, there were multiple origin stories, right, Cal? You can verify that for me. Mm-hmm. There yes. were multiple takes on the origins of Transformers. Yes. And if you're not willing to a lot dive in between deep stuff, yeah. and swimming them waters, fam, it's a lot to take in and it can be very, very confusing. So, 
Skybound and Image Comics. Some of you may know Image Comics. Uh, it's the comic company that came about from in the 90s when some of the big superstar names uh, in art, artists in Marvel, basically just flipped the bird to Marvel and went and started their own company. <laughs> they flipped the bird, they went off. You know, um, the creator of Spawn um, and stuff like that. With um, image, we also got Robert Kirkman, who was responsible for Invincible. Some of you may see the, the show. Mm -hmm. uh, he also did The Walking Dead. Some of you might have watched the show and been inflicted with the later seasons. Now get into that. Love. <laughs> and so Robert Kirkman, who has a knack for telling hype stories, he's basically been given the director's seat for this. So they started out with a a book called Void Rivals mm -hmm. and then it further expanded from there with the Transformers issue number one. Later on we got um, Duke and we got Cobra Commander, Cobra Commander number one as well. Right? It's a great starting on point for persons who might be interested. You can just pick up any of the issue number ones. They all tie in together neatly. If you're focused on Transformers, you can pick it up. And what they're doing is streamlining, doing all that, sifting through all that backlog to make a more cohesive, streamlined, um, easy to pick up and read ongoing series. And we've started it. So with all that preamble out of the way, I turn to you, Kyle, and mm -hmm. I ask you, you've read some of the books in the Energon series. Mm -hmm. What is your take on it? What is your first impressions on titles? Okay, I'll stick, start with Void Rivals. Void Rivals is a take on different alien races that exist in the universe other than Earth, of course, when it comes to the Transformers. And it is now showing how... Um, well, from what I am getting from it, I have a fine feeling I know what is in that black hole well i'm not gonna say nothing further about that mm -hmm. and i am seeing it's how other creatures work in that universe uh, uh, of transfer you know you've been watching transforms all these years you've seen the quintessons you've seen the autobots decepticons you've heard the lore and how um, primus and unicron came into being and um all the things that happen on earth but then what happened to the other creatures out there because um Stick up in real quick. Mm. <clears throat> okay, so just so our listeners know, Void Rival is a story about two race, two alien races that have been battling Warring each other for, for thousands of years. Thousands, millions of years. And uh, uh, essentially, millennials. they have a crisis where their sun collapsed and created a black hole. On infinite Earths. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Right, so um, they have the situation where basically their solar system is collapsing, their planets were destroyed, and they had to work together to create something like a life, a massive life ship that's like a ring around the black hole. To continue. Their resources are running out, and so they sent out scouts. And this is where we are introduced to the two main characters, one from either faction. And through their eyes, they had an encounter where they crash landed and now they had to work together to put aside their differences and make their way back home and then deal with the fallout of them working together. That's essentially what happens. 
right? There's some teasers in there. We get to meet other aliens and so on, but that's essentially what Void Rivals is. Expanding on the universe, and mm -hmm. of course, in while on the planet where they crash landed, of course, they came up. Da, 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 da. Okay, sorry. Spoilers. No spoilers then, all right. <laughs> but the thing about it is technically two alien factions that don't understand the, the, the main similarities between each other. Because the two of them were fully armored up, they don't know nothing. Da, 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 da. Spoilers okay, then. No spoilers, all right. <laughs> You know what? Yeah, go two people trying. Go on. Re hold on. They're not two. as different as they. They're not as different yeah. as they thought they were. Yeah. But now they have to put aside the difference to survive. Otherwise, they're going to die. They but already said it. They're going to die. My question to you: What? What was your impression reading it? Was it enjoyable to you? It was enjoyable. Boring? It was enjoyable. The pacing went well. Instead of just being bombarded with them, just trying to get to know each other different uh, as time passed by, because I think they were there for what. 20 days or a month or something like that. Who knows? Because the passage of time I think they said, no, they said, they said it uh, how long they were there. Because mm. they were running out of food and everything and such. So um, just watching the quick moments of them interacting in certain ways, again, they didn't create a altruistic bond that stopping them from still seeing each other's enemies. But now they finally the planet and then antics ensues because of the politics of it all. But I, it's, a fun, it's a fun read. Again, they throw, they throw in a quick cameo of a, a few things from the Transformers universe. I will not say what. And just because you hear Transformers doesn't mean it's one of those. Um, and it's just leading up to, I, I, again, black hole is involved. A ring holding that black hole is there. I have a funny feeling I know where this is going, and I'm just leaving it alone for now. Because the fact is, Energon universe and Transformers are in that universe. I have a funny feeling I know where that black hole leads you're to. You're making but. me excited about reading that, Cal. You see, um, if, you, if, if you follow the rest laws of Transformers and such, when it comes to a black hole, you'll understand. I, I'm not going to say anything further than that. I am not... What I find is that I am impressed with how it is that they've approached doing this sort of relaunch of Transformers, so to speak, because, I mean, I've seen it with, with Marvel, Okay. Anybody wanting to get into Spider-Man and yeah, okay, you have about 60 years of Spider-Man and you're going to start here. You have over like 2,000 books to read. I mean, that, that's very intimidating and that alone can tell people you know, not to pick it up. Uh, if we look at One Piece, for example, a lot of people see, hey, a thousand chapters. You know what? I'm gonna leave that to stronger people than myself. We have that. So anytime you get an opportunity to enter into an old franchise from a new jumping point it's it's a it's a good thing but it's kind of risky because you as the writer who's starting this thing all over again you have a lot of lore to navigate <laughs> right so from from void rivals we're jumping into the transformers right mm. what are your thoughts on how, and I know you're a big Transformers expert. All hail the king fan, in, fan, that, fan, fan, in that fan. regard, right? Mm. Uh, I think you know as much about um, Transformers as I do about X-Men, mm. right? Mm. How do you feel about how they've been handling the introductions of the Transformers? The introduction for the new reboot... I am liking it so far because it takes two different premises from one, the UK version and the US version, 
and try to compile what, what, what it. What do you mean US version and UK? Because Transformers was done by the both UK and US. They had the Transformer line of comics from coming from the US and they had the ones from the so UK. So they have two separate two set. origins? Similar. Similar. But the, the the UK one I think more went towards the whole aspect of um um the being that created Primus and Unicron. Mm. The, the UK own, I think, flushed that out more. The US own now flushed out more of um, many things that happened on Earth and, of course, G.I. Joe and Cobra Commander so and the, stuff. the UK one kind of had like a one above all type situation. Both of them wor- worked towards that. Both of them did talk about it, but UK flushed it out. Okay. Um, because, yeah, one uh, being that just came in to just realize its existence, it realized its existence was too powerful to move around the universe so he created a little avatar or being a herald which was unicron sent it out into the universe he went around and just used his vast altruistic cosmic powers, enslaving people killing people doing as he likes the Ultra- be- unicron yes and the the, the the let's call him the one above all for now the all the the, the sentience and he just like no 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 come back here come back here I'm splitting. I'm now going to split you into two. That's where Primus came into bit. Primus was there to keep him under kind of wraps. All right, we got Primus, you. and then we. What's the other one? Unicron was first. Then Primus was created from Unicron. Now forgive he me, right? Him, but he split I, his I watched the stuff on on Toonami, mm. right? The the search for the the universe. The cyber, the cyber planet cyber keys, planet keys mm. right? And I saw there was a, a dark god-looking transformer and. A light version. Those were what Unicron were. They were they were Transformers. Yeah, let me uh, think. There were two mm. like celestial beings. Mm. Again, Unicron was first. He got split into two, so it became Unicron and Primus. Send them back out. He was to keep Primus to keep check and balance on Unicron from doing the stuff and keep peace in the universe. Unicron started to do his stripping us again. They had a big battle, and Primus using a special his abilities. Um, destroyed their bodies and sent their souls into two different asteroids. Unicron, because he was there longer, used his intelligence to formulate his the asteroid into what is now what he is. He was the very first transformer mm-hmm. into that transform uh, into that body. Primus turned his into a plant and created life on his, like metallic life, which were the first thirteen transformers. Mm-hmm. The primes, the the primes, the, the the first thirteen, and in and um, put all his power into one area called well the matrix mm-hmm. to be able to destroy Unicron when they came about him, and during that time, Unicron now created the Quintessons. The Quintessons went captured the thirteen and copied their technology, and spread that throughout the universe. Okay, so this is what we would call like the deep lore, mm. right, and usually a comic series doesn't start with that that's what you work up towards yes okay so what i've noticed in at least the the first couple of issues for the transformers is that we encounter the transformers in a sort of dormant state like they they escaped you clearly show that they escaped and they escaped the big war on um cybertron and now they're waking up they the first crisis is surviving each other and getting the energy needed to reboot their companions on both sides, both yes. the Decepticons 
and the Autobots, because we also get to see some humans. Because what had happened again, just like in the original Loa and so forth, it crash landed on Earth, millions of years, uh, proto-Earth as they call it, which is prehistoric Earth. They wake up, well, the computer finally was able to reboot itself. I think it was called um, Tele, oh my gosh, for this new version. The computer sentience that was there, that was um, watching over the ship, the, 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 mm-hmm. the system, started to, okay, all right, I'm awake again. No, Teletron 1, yes. And Jetfire had come and re- had fixed it up a bit. Mm-hmm. Teletron 1 now started to use his um, automation and the rest of the energy from the ship to start to reboot the other Transformers. But because it was damaged from and been unused for so many years, it was doing it randomly. Mm. And in the big fight and the crash landing, they had all their bodies wrecked and in rubble for millions of years on the planet and on Earth. Um, some of the Transformers on there were uh, Decepticons. And he woke up the most Decepticons, like Starscreen and so forth first. No, I noticed that as soon as the story started, it was action. Action one Literally time. from page uh, one. Starscream just started just get arrested. First thing he do was kill, kill. Starscream was getting arrested. He just killed. He just killed. He blew off the head of um Goldbug. Well, uh, it's Goldbug, but some people might see him as Bumblebee. But no, Goldbug. Blow, kill him one time and then Jetfire. What are you doing? And then you find out that even in the previous laws, Jetfire uh, and Starscream used to be like great best friends and so forth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and both of them were, te- were scientists. And I say, what do you mean? And then you find out that, hey, you have been away for so much years. You don't understand the war that was going on for, um, on the planet for all these times. These people with the symbols, the Autobots, of course, he's calling them evil. They, they stand against us. We must okay. kill them. The next thing, um, real quick, moving right along. Concerning the, ma- the major plot at the moment, the current plot at the moment, is they have an energy crisis. Yes. Where does Energon come from? Energy. That's their gas, basically. Energon, Energon can be converted from any major energy source. No, but just, where does it come from normally? It was produced on their planet normally from the, the kind of metallic life, but again, so they have during like the war, they, they... or some crap like that? No, it's a kind of ambient... Uh, it, it, I don't know how to so dis- describe it. It's not just shock. No, 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 no. No, it's not like that. Again, on their planet, it's due to all the warring and so forth. They use up all the energies. It's it's like a dense, concentrated energy. It's not just you can't just take raw energy and use it as explosive. It will blow you up. Um, it's a type of energy. Yes, you can. It's not chakra, as I said. I don't want to use the word chakra. That's an internalized well, I energy. See, I see that the try it's their to fuel. take over. Um, an electrical substation. Yes, because they can create energon cubes using a vast amount of... Even in the OG Transformers cartoons, you'll see them, they create these kind of cubes and then use the power to just fill it full of energon and absorb into themselves. Can because be- with energon, they can regenerate their bodies mm-hmm. and it allows them to even... Um, with enough energon, it allows them to copy another vehicle form or something. Okay. You know how they, they, they can transform to different things? Mm-hmm. Their bodies don't have to necessarily be um, remodeled by like Teletron and so forth. If they have enough energy, they can ca- scan a new vehicle. That's why you don't see them just... In the movies, you see them scan all the time. Mm-hmm. That takes a whole ton of energy. Not according to Michael Bay. But well, according <laughs> to Michael Bay, you see, they showed a bit... Of, when you watch the new version, um, the new version, technically Bumblebee 2, um, Transformers, mm-hmm. when you see like... Um, what is it, Skyfire? I think it was saying Jetfire or whatever. 
the same old kind of military robot that they were all carrier plane that they were, I forgot what yeah, his yeah. name mm-hmm. was. And you saw him earlier, you saw him messed up and mashed up and so forth. Now, when the Energon Reserve hit him, the big explosion of Energon spoilers that revived Bumblebee hit him. When you saw him late in the movie, all those areas that were rusty and damaged were all silver and shiny and brand new. Because he got enough energy to regenerate. Shiny and chrome. Shiny and chrome. This, because he got enough energy to restore his body back to what it was. It is another, their life essence to keep them going for millions of years if they have enough. There's another thing that I'm enjoying about the Transformers book, which is a sort of realistic approach to how the Transformers interact with the, the world around them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to spoil anything, but let's just say that things accidentally get crushed. <laughs> Bambi, why? <laughs> right. Um, I also find that they're doing a good job in terms of balancing how much time that we get to spend with the Transformers and the role that the humans that they currently come across, how it is that they interact with them. Right. I also enjoy that. Right. Uh, last but not least, there's the Duke books yeah. and the Cobra. I didn't read the Duke, but I read the Cobra. And with the Cobra Commander, we get to see basically like an origin story for how Cobra came along, how he came to be. I learned some new things about it. Again, I'm not super deep or knowledgeable about that sort of stuff. I thought it was a very well-handled book. Again, each one of the books has a surprise. It has a spoiler in there that we, we won't mention. But again, they, as number one issues, I think they did a very good job in terms of introducing us yes. to the world. Yes. Um, and you can just fall into it without having any prior knowledge. knowledge. It's a brand new step into the, right. the universe of Transformers, G.I. Joe, and Cobra. Yeah. Well, well Cobra um, is G.I. Joe, but yeah. It seems like we're basically out of time, so we wouldn't get to talk about the madness We'll today, wait another day for the madness. But we'll leave it for the next episode, because trust me, and we can, Remy can catch up on that, right? Oh, it's so, pretty good. Yeah. So, um, any recommendation, guys? Ishura. It is a, a action anime where you take the different perspectives of powerful hero class people. Some of them are isekai from different worlds. Some of them were born in the world, but they have reached to this astronomical level of power. And you see how they reach to their levels. One, two, they take a society around them. Because it's not just, hey, I'm powerful, and that's about it. You go and find out their backstory, and you're following each one of them. For all of them are all trying to now find the ultimate opponent to fight. As uh, for the episodes that are out, I think it's just maybe around seven episodes or six episodes are out so far. And you have to just follow each one. Each episode is a different character. And you are now learning about them, the world around them. And then you want to see how it all ties in in the end. But it's a fun ride. The very first episode was just action packed, just messed up action I, I don't even know what to tell you because I didn't expect to see that in the first episode you'll see two schoolgirls and everything next thing you know they live in a world similar to most isekai worlds where there's a dungeon and you go in the dungeon to go there was a demon lord but he was killed by some powerful person everybody don't know who that was how much years ago but the dungeon still and labyrinth still exist around the world and people go down there of course to get the infinite amount of treasures let's sell out everything Kyle let's uh, sell out everything what but about Ishura you, Ishura what about Good you? Any recommendations? Um, there's one, but I'm trying to figure... I cannot figure out the name of it right now. It's actually a, a Gundam series okay. that I think is, is like a movie. 
it's with, with Char. Yeah, it's a fairly new one. Okay, so while you're thinking about that, uh, my recommendation would be Jujutsu Kaisen. If you have not watched any of the episodes for season two, uh, definitely get into that. And also you can check out Plunder as well. Um, I found that was an interesting, you know, first episode. Uh, Kyle gave me that as a recommendation. So you should definitely watch that. And uh, okay, my recommendation for now is um, is an old 1988 Gundam called Charles Counterattack. Oh, that, Charles that, Counter that, that was good. That was very good. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, this is another episode. Tune in for the next episode when we're going to talk about why it is that you should be watching Free Run if you have not watched it yet. <laughs> Kyle, I'm posing that to uh. you guys as well. Uh, we'll be deep diving into the madness and we will also ask the question, does prep time work every time for Batman? <laughs>